First Church and Parish, January 9, 2011, Beginner's Mind by the Reverend Raleigh Weaver. As many of you know, I spent the week after Christmas with my father as he was recovering from heart surgery. Most of my visit was focused on teaching him new tricks. We've all heard that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but despite my father's age and innate resistance, I set about last week to teach him better eating habits that might improve his overall health and help him feel better for the rest of his life. As you can imagine, this reversal of daughter as being the teacher and the father being the student was not seamlessly navigated. Simply put, my father has been taking care of himself quite well for many years, and despite the recently found heart blockages, he has had little evidence that the food he has been eating has caused him much discomfort. So our first hurdle was to answer the question, why change? For this, I had books and information to back up instruction. The first, Heart Healthy and Diabetes-Free Cookbook, and the second, How to Reverse and Prevent Heart Disease. These books I offered as Christmas presents, but then used throughout the week to make my case. For instance, my telling him that he needed to stop eating sugar so much and simple carbohydrates and eat more vegetables and less fruit made very little sense to my father, who had been watching his fat and calories for years. But pulling out a passage in the American Heart Association, which explained the relationship between sugars and simple carbohydrates and the development of cholesterol in our liver, helped to make my point. I bring this up because I am certain a beginner's mind might have been helpful to us in this situation. If my father had been able to approach eating as if he were learning it for the first time, he would have had no cause to resist any new information I was trying to provide. For the most part, though, the cooking was new to my dad, and so when teaching him to use the wok and chop vegetables for soup, he watched intently with little judgment, taking in what I had to offer, often noticing details that my own self-interested and more culinary-educated mind did not. At one point, while teaching my father to make a low-fat split pea soup, he suggested that I chop the chicken pieces a bit smaller for easier chewing. I resisted because, to my expert senses, the chicken was adequately cut, and I felt rise within me an annoyance at his suggestion. What I was feeling was my own self-interest. Here I am doing my father a favor, and all he can do is find fault, I thought. After a few days of self-reflection, I recognized that my own need to be in the teacher role and my own expectations of getting it right acted as impediments to seeing my father's own growth as a cook in noticing the details of preparation. This is one example of what Shinru Suzuki Roshi is talking about when he describes the difference between beginner's mind and the expert's mind. Building from experience and learning from others is helpful, but if we glorify teaching over practice, it is easy to allow our expectations to diminish our new learning. What I can admit now and could not admit in that moment is that 
Taking the time to cut the chicken smaller improved the quality of the soup and made it better for both of us. It occurs to me that if I strive to approach everything as a beginner, I could accept new suggestions with less resistance, and new vistas and possibilities could emerge. It might be hard to imagine that in the midst of tragedy or grief or sadness, that approaching anything as a beginner might help us to gain perspective, but I believe it does. While home, I was able to visit with my oldest and dearest friend, Christine, and her husband, Dan. And over brunch, he posed me the question that I hear often from people whose faith has been challenged by tragedy. And that is basically, how can God allow this to happen? It was understandable that Dan, who'd been confronted by several life events that would have sent even the most atheist person searching for answers, was asking this question. Having grown up Catholic, he was taught to believe that prayer makes a difference. Having watched his mother contract MS, and then after years of decline and suffering, die of the disease, his faith had been challenged. But what troubled him on the day that I visited was that a mutual friend was severely burned. Having arrived upon the scene of a traffic accident, One evening, and after trying to rescue a young man trapped behind the wheel of a car, the car burst into flames and our friend could not stop anything, and as a result was burned himself. How could God make this happen? How could a God care about us and allow such senseless tragedy? How could my father and all my friends and family pray for my mother and have her suffer and die? These are the types of questions which come in the face of senseless tragedy. And the ready answers are often, often mirror the passage I read from Ecclesiastes. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. In many respects, when senseless violence happens, such as the tragedy in Arizona yesterday, or even the shooting that took place here in Dedham last month. It is difficult to make any sense of it using our rational mind. If God is supposed to be love, then how can bad things happen? It doesn't compute. When life does not make sense, our minds naturally begin comparing our life events in search of meaning. From a Buddhist and Taoist perspective, this is when our mind monkey or monkey mind takes over. Our monkey mind is the unsettled, restless, capricious, whimsical, fanciful, inconsistent, confused, indecisive, uncontrollable mind, which is quite contrary to the beginner's mind. This would explain why generally agnostic people find themselves praying to God when bad things happen. Or my friend Dan, who had long ago sworn off the Catholic Church, would be lamenting the fact that the Catholic prayers had not saved his mother or rescued the young man from the fire. Another way to describe this tendency of our minds in times of crisis might include what Albert Ellis, the behavioral psychologist who developed the concept of rational behavioral therapy, coined awfulizing, which is really a tendency of our minds to magnify or lump together the negative events in our lives. In other words, when life events become too difficult or painful to make sense of, 
We awfulize or pile our negative experiences together in order to make sense of them. In times of senseless tragedy and when we are in our classifying and sorting expert mind, it is also natural and more efficient to stereotype instead of look at individuals directly. Instead of recognizing my father's increasing comfort in the kitchen, my distress when he suggested we cut the chicken smaller led my monkey mind to thinking, my father always tells me what to do. In the same way, my friend Dan, in his distress, stereotyped prayer as bad, and bad things happen, so life is meaningless. Well, today, in the midst of the grief of this most recent tragic event, I am here to suggest that there is one more possibility for us, and that is to approach each event with a beginner's mind. There are pros and cons to this, of course. But the biggest pro I can think of to shifting our posture to a beginner in the new year is that it frees us from the baggage of past years. The beginner has no baggage at all, but approaches every situation with a fresh heart and mind. The con to approaching the world with a beginner's mind, and perhaps the biggest risk of all, is that each and every event would have the potential to produce a fresh grief. I will be honest with you. I'm not sure there is a God in the sky watching over us and making things happen or listening to our prayers. To my mind, that is an an irrational construct. But I do believe that there is divinity in every living thing. And what I told my friend Dan when he asked, and what I tell you now today, is that I imagine that the divine in all life approaches everything with newness. Fred Craddock, who is a famous UCC pastor, preacher, once said that it is not that God is watching over and protecting us, but that God is moaning along with us. If our sense of beginner's mind extends to the divine in life, then the divine in life is just as present within my defensive attempts to teach my father to cook as it is in my father's increased ability to make suggestions in the kitchen. The divine in life is with Dan's mother as she dies and equally present in the hearts of those who pray for her equally with the man who attempted to rescue the boy from the car fire and also in the fire with the boy. The challenge is to keep our hearts wide open in the midst of all that life throws our way, the good and the bad. To do that, Zen Buddhists suggest we approach each situation with right posture. One way to attain right posture is to adjust the way we sit in meditation, But another is to wake up to our worldview and how we respond to the world, to avoid awfulizing and stereotyping in the midst of difficult life events, and to approach everything with a beginner's mind. In the coming year, I hope you will join with me in the quest to approach each moment as new, to start at the very beginning Let us imagine how this concept of beginner's mind might change your life.
If your ears and heart could truly be open to everything as though it were new in this new year, what might shift in your life? How might your relationships with others change if one thing did not string into another? How might your sense of patience for yourself and for others shift if you approached each new event as though you were starting from scratch? How might your posture shift if you awoke each day as if it were new? Let us begin.